Hey guys, welcome to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. This episode is brought to you by Alchemy Sales Coaching. I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. I wanted to jump on super quick and let you guys know um, I'm extremely excited to announce that we finally have the top 10 journals live. They're on todaysthedayshop.com. Make sure you go and get yours. These things are perfect. We got them to the T exactly how we want them. It took longer than we were hoping, but they're amazing. I can't wait for you guys to go and implement these practices and develop these habits that have completely changed my life. So go and check out the journals. Go and get yours today. Um, and I appreciate you guys. Much love. All right. What up? What up? What up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day. Um, I'm stoked for this episode. First and foremost, thank you so much for the guest, Mr. Cade Randall, for being here. I appreciate you big time, bro. Dude, thank you I'm, for having me. I'm very excited to chop it up. Um, real quick to intro Cade, and then we'll get rolling with this thing. Cade Randall, one of by far my favorite people that I work I work, work with, um, and one of the people I actually look up to the most, which I'll dive into a few stories I'm excited to. Um, just a total stud. Cade, how, how old are you right now? 25. 25 years old. Again, I look up to Cade like, like a big brother, a thousand percent. Um, but a few things about Cade. Cade grew up in a military family. He's one of four siblings. He's the second oldest. Um, moved around a lot growing up. Um, and from what I understand and what I've heard, you were pretty clean cut, straight A's, dominated growing up as far as always starting on the sports team, straight A's. You scored a 34 out of 36 on the ACT. I scored an 18. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You did do your research. Oh, man. yeah. Every yeah. time. I scored an 18, and the second time I scored a 22. So Improvement. <laughs> there you go. Um, 34 out of 36 on the ACT, which is amazing. Um, and and I, I know very little about your life up until till your career at Vivint, but your career kind of started your freshman year. You had a pretty defining moment or moments go and happen that kind of pushed you off track from what you were currently on track for in life. Um, but then you went and you, you made these incredible changes, it seems like, to your life plan. Um, and now where you sit, however many years later that was, freshman year would have been probably six years ago, right? Seven years ago? Something like that. Something dude. like that. Now, six or seven, for sure. Now the seat you sit in, you're one of the youngest regionals ever at Vivint in Vivint history. You're managing over 100 reps from 20 different states. Um, and you guys bring in millions and millions and millions of dollars of revenue a month to Vivint. So you're, you're absolutely dominating. Again, one of the people that I look up to the most, I go to you for advice as much as anybody else. So I'm stoked to chop it up. I'm stoked. Um, so thank you for being here. I know, I know it's a headache, especially when you're as busy as you and we're getting as close to the season as we are. Um, but real quick, let's rewind it because I'm, I'm excited. This is, this is going to be a lot of fun for me. I don't know a lot. So I'm really excited to dive into it. So rewind like all the way, all the way, all the way back growing up. I know you grew up in a military family. Dad was an army guy, yep. right? What, what did that consist of? What did that look like? How was that? So first off, thank you so much for having me. Um, and the intro, dude, like, yeah, I, uh, you definitely did your research. That's a lot of things <laughs> I know many people know. But like, I think there's so many of my guys that don't even know a lot of that. But uh, anyways, I, uh, so yeah, growing up in a military family, my dad was in the army 26 years. Uh, something like that pretty much ended up being my entire childhood in the home. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he retired a couple years after I had, or a year after, yeah, a year after I had moved out of the house. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a military childhood. If you're not familiar with that, we'll move in pretty much every two to three years. Most we stayed in one place was like six years in Germany and then uh, like three years in Alaska. That and, is uh, so crazy. Aside to me. from that, it was like a year to two years everywhere, just popping in, popping out. So it was, uh, it was very different, man. And that's why, like, when we were talking about it earlier, it's, uh, it's crazy. Like I was, I was having a conversation with my dad 
actually end of summer this past summer it was you know those like last week of summer yeah feeling sentimental you start calling everyone yeah, you know. you're, just, <laughs> you're just like Pops, you wanna, let's let's let's, <laughs> let's chop, chop it, up. it up for an hour so we were chopping it up and uh and i was i had spent a lot of time thinking just because i had, i'm in the point of my career now where i like it's a lot of and you are you know exactly what i'm saying it's just a lot of mentorship now mm-hmm. and so i was kind of thinking back at one point um, like those late night thoughts when you're just up thinking where I was like, hey, how did my life get to this point based off, you know, from where it was? And I was just thinking about it. And it's like crazy how that was actually that childhood being in the army was mm. so defining to who I who I actually am as I've thought about it and broken it down into like the certain traits I have that maybe are a little different than other people have. or whatever. thousand percent. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about. So I was, I was on the phone with him talking about it. And uh and there's a lot of there's a lot of things if you want to dive into them. Yeah, I, I'm there. curious. Like what what are some of those things? And also, obviously hindsight's 2020. Like I, I wanna know like where you sit right now, how you view it. Because I I view my childhood and I released a podcast of my story, like biggest blessing in the world. I wouldn't change anything right now. Sure. But in the moment, I was like I was like, I felt like my world got ripped from me. I was completely yeah. like I would say it was one of the lowest lows, and I was just a little kid. Yeah. Right. And then even growing up, other things happening. But now I'm like, oh, dude, I wouldn't change any of that. I love yeah. my life. So, like, I love the hindsight and I want to know what things you think went oh. and shaped you and how. But I also want to know, like, little baby Cade, like, how was that? Like, when you're moving around, I can only imagine. You know what I'm saying? I can only I can only imagine what it would be like. Right. And in the moment, I'm assuming it probably didn't seem like, oh, this is shaping me to become successful in life and, like, go dominate. It probably seemed different. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I wasn't but, yeah, the I know thinking that far. I was not the twelve year old thinking that far. I was uh yeah, so I dude, I was and I this was a part of the conversation with my dad as well, was that I felt like a lot of the things that I really struggled with, you know, like everybody has these like few things, these few like banes of their existence, these few like Achilles heels from yeah. their childhood that they gotta they gotta somehow figure out to get past or learn how to cope with or whatever it is mm. to be a more effective person. The one for me, those came from my my childhood and I was telling him it was like a fine line conversation and he totally took it the right way which I was so thankful for I was like dad I like I want to tell you this but I don't want you to take this like you were in in any way shape or form a bad parent yeah like yeah. I, I could not have asked for better parents totally I totally but the childhood that I lived there were a lot of um characteristics that were kind of ingrained into me from that childhood that were the hardest things to get over self-confidence mm-hmm. um mainly self-confidence honestly um just like self-perspective as well those things i really struggled with growing up and uh and so you say like i was like the clean cut kid like yeah i was my dad was an army guy growing up we didn't really have a choice of our haircut it was the army the high fade army cut like that's what it was we got a funny picture of me and all my three brothers or my two brothers all three of us on top of my dad like with all shaved heads that's amazing that's what it was dude so i was clean cut my parents really you know they were you study you get good grades you go to school you know you become a doctor you become you know whatever you want to be right but something successful and that was kind of the traditional perspective there so i, I took it very seriously yeah I took school very seriously um i'm a lucky guesser so i did well in the act and then uh <laughs> i ended up um going to college and kind of following that route but uh, on the other side of that coin like yeah i was doing all those things yeah i did i was really successful in sports and you know i starting varsity as a fr- as a sophomore yeah i don't even know freshman Something like that, freshman on the basketball team, I don't remember. Anyways, but I was I was not a cool kid. You know, like I, I was never that growing up. I was friends with the cool kids, but that was like the extent of it for me just because I struggled so hard, like being myself and be conf- being confident in myself. Mm. 
So uh, if you don't if you don't mind me asking, I don't mean to cut you off. When you say that, like you keep going back to that. Um, obviously that's deep rooted in childhood, right? And like I, I totally relate to you and I understand that. Where do you think that came from? Or is there anything you remember growing up where it's like, dude, this shattered my confidence and it took 20 years to go recover? Maybe it's not fully recovered. Like, yeah. you know what I'm asking? Like, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't think there was any keystone moments really. I think it was a kind of a combination of a bunch of things. One, just and I'm glad I was raised this way, but the way we were raised was yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah. Ultimate respect for adults. They know the right. Like, that's what it was, right? And so I needed to get to a point in my life where I shift my perspective from me being a kid to an adult to mm. then see myself on a level playing field, right? Mm. That took me a very long time. That makes sense. That took me a very long time. Second thing was, and I think that might apply to a lot of people, actually. Um, like to step into your own yeah. life and to become the, the player, not yeah. on the sidelines. Yeah, you'll see. It's crazy how I'll see so many guys, like even in the program or whatever they're doing, they'll take massive leaps the second they start viewing themselves as an adult and not as a kid because it just – it it affects every single thing they're doing. Right. And so yeah. that, that was a big thing for me. The first one. Um, second thing was, I think, uh, just moving all the time. I, you'd think I'd be good at being the new kid. Yeah. I was so bad at being the new kid, dude. Like <laughs> by the time it. I'd have friends, we'd be moving. Right. No, so, sucks, dude. but then you, you know, the other side of that coin that I'm thankful for is people. I, if you know me, you know, my brothers. And yeah. if you know my brothers, you know me. And we're inseparable and we do everything together. And uh, that's how we're going to be lifelong just because our, our bond is really strong. And, and so much of it has to do with that as well. For sure. Because we never had those best friends. Yep. So we were those for each other. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm so thankful for it in, that's that, dope. in that aspect. That's really, really cool. Sure. I love that. So then, then went off to college, um, freshman year of college. I'm going to let you tell a story. I'm curious because I've heard you speak on it a couple times, but never really in depth. And there's more to it than I think just one thing. So whatever you're comfortable speaking about. Yeah. I feel like that was a very pivotal point in your life from my outside looking in and maybe, maybe not, but fill me in. So no, freshman year of college, you moved to Utah to go to BYU. Right. And then, and then fill me in. Sure. So <laughs> it's hard. Every time I tell the story, I forget parts of the story. This was like the, this was like the, you know, the sky is falling time in my life that everybody has. Right. And mine wasn't that bad. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm living at home. I start, I start dating this girl. My parents don't really like, this is, uh, like senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a relationship. My parents are happy about it. I do the classic. This is when I started kind of, uh, in like the partying a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of, I'm, you know, my parents are just seeing a different, different side of me. And so they're kind of cracking down. And, uh, and then I, you know, was dishonest to my parents a couple of times about certain things. And uh, so that kind of created a little bit of void in my, relation, my relationship with them. And so by the time college came around, I actually had a, a full-ride scholarship to the University of Alabama. And uh, that's where I was going to go to just to literally chase this girlfriend, like 100%. That's what yeah. I was going to do. And uh, then I had a best friend that was also going there to play baseball. Um, we actually ended up coming out and working with me. He's still one of my close buddies today. He's a lifelong friend. But he was going there to play baseball at the University of Alabama. So we were going to room together. We already had two other roommates. And we had a dope apartment there and everything. And things were lined up. It was going to be great. And uh, I was even thinking, like, maybe I'll rush. Maybe I'll go, uh, in, you know, into the, the Greek system and uh, just to kind of create relationships, whatever. So that's kind of what I was planning on doing. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Dude, that's what I was planning on doing until the day the deadline to accept my scholarship came. And I was actually at church. And uh, my mom's, you know, she's, she hated that idea. She didn't, she was not a fan of the relationship I was in mm -hmm. at all because of the decisions it was kind of making me, helping me make. 
And she also hated the idea of me going to the University of Alabama because she knew what it was about. She knew it was about following that girl. It wasn't for the right reasons. And I was going to kind of knock myself off the, the derail myself, which I ended up doing anyways. But so I <laughs> we'll get to that one. Though, right? We'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get to that one. So anyways, I, I uh, the day of the day of the deadline, I am in church and she's uh, a mess, you know, really upset about it. And. It's so awkward, like, we won't even really talk about it because anytime we even communicate, it's about that because it's coming up, right? And she's like, I don't want you to do this. Yeah. And uh, she's having, like, different, you know, like, uh, men that I look up to, you know, call me, reach out to me, talk to me about it. Like, hey, I think you should think this through, right? My dad sees hands off. He's always been this way. She's playing all the cards. Yeah, she's playing all the cards. Got you. My dad's hands off because he's always been, um, like, you know, trusting my decision. He's going to just be, a you know, a coach, not a, not affect my decisions. And so... I'm kind of sitting at this point where it's like, it's a mess. And I'm going to, I was leaving early to go home, accept the scholarship and we're good to go. And yeah. so as I'm leaving, she stops me and she says, Cade, I just want you to know, like, if you end up making this decision, I, I really do think it will affect our relationship. And she did not mean that from her. And I know that in the moment, I, I thought that's what it was. You thought she was being petty. I thought she was being petty. I thought she was saying, if you choose to do this, I'm not going to like you as much as your siblings right? mm. or something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is the farthest thing from my mom. My mother is the sweetest human being to ever walk this earth, like an absolute angel. Right. And so yeah. every single one of my friends that meet her, they know that within five minutes of meeting her. Yeah. That's just how she is. Right. But in my little kid perspective, it's like, hey, that's not fair. But I also all of us are mama's boys. My dad was deployed um, for like five total time deployed in different, you know, times countries yeah, yeah. around the world. Five years of our childhood. And so for me and my siblings, that was a lot of time where it was, it was mom, essentially single parent raising four kids, yep. right? In different, in different states around the country, so far away from, so isolated from family in Germany, right? Yeah. I think two or three of those appointments were in Germany. That's crazy. Right? Like crazy, right? So crazy. mad respect for my mom. And uh, anyways, she, uh, she said that and I realized, I realized now, and I, I realized years ago, that what she really meant was like what, who I was going to become. Yeah. Who she saw me becoming in the path I was heading down was obviously going to drive a wedge in between relationship. Right. Yeah. So anyways, I'm driving home and I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I start crying just thinking about my mom mm -hmm. and I get home and I'm sitting in front of the computer and I just can't accept the scholarship. I just couldn't do it. And so time runs out, it expires and it's gone. Opportunity's gone. Gosh. And uh, so I'm like, I text my buddies. I'm like, yo dude, I'm sorry guys. I know you're planning on me living with you, but, Plans have changed. I'm not. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, but good luck. You know, like, love you guys. Anyways, and then I'm like, well, well, shit. Like, what am I going to do? And I hadn't applied. Oh, dude. <laughs> hadn't applied to a ton of places, so my backup was was BYU at that point. And uh, that was kind of the only option there. So I... Uh, the funny part is, is your side note, your backup option, only option didn't accept me. So continue, keep going, keep rocking with that. If you took it one more time, you probably would have made it. You I don't, just think, improvement I don't think so, bro. Improvement I'll do it again. I mean, I don't care. I'll do it again. I probably would do better now don't guessing than I did studying. Yeah. Frankly, I really would. Yeah. That, that, I'm not a test taker. Okay. So that. BYU. I love it. That's I've never known any of this. So this is awesome. Yeah. I love it. So this. not many people know this like at all, actually, but that happens. I end up at BYU. My dad drives me up, um, drops me off at the dorms. I knew one person, one girl. Um, it was a girl I actually had, like, dated for, like, a few weeks mm -hmm. in Texas. That Still was... friends with her? No. 
Really? Well, I mean, like, I, like acquaintances. I don't know. We gotcha. never, we okay. never communicated. It, uh, it didn't end too good when we talked for like a few weeks in Texas. So gotcha. her moving up here wasn't necessarily good. like we didn't. Uh, so your one, your one acquaintance was not one that. Bit of a burned bridge. Yeah. Got you. Okay. So okay. I. <laughs> so you're stranded. So dude, I get up there and I'm like, I don't know a soul, right? My my cousin, I think she came like the next semester or something. But long story short, and then I had this girlfriend long distance that was going to University of Alabama, mm-hmm. and I just had all this pent up spite, because my dad dropped me off and it was quick because he had to drop my sister off at college up in uh, Idaho and Rexburg at BYUI, and uh, so he drops me off and uh, it's pretty quick because he's got to get her up there and he's like, all right, son, like we'll help you move in all this stuff, like good luck. And I was taking way too many credits than I should have as a freshman. I was in ROTC because I had a scholarship covering academics. And then I had a scholarship covering an ROTC scholarship, mm. uh, like Army ROTC, right? Yep. Uh, paying for my rent, my meal plan, and a monthly stipend as well. And prior to this, dude, prior to Vivint, I have never, this is my first job I've ever done. Um, oh, so, my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm like... I was sitting there and I'm like, life wasn't horrible, but I was letting it be horrible because I was just, I had so much spite that I wasn't in Alabama. And uh, I felt like I just, and the truth, truthfully, I never fit in at BYU ever, mm-hmm. um, like whatsoever. And uh, I let that be just such a, a big deal. And then I, I let that affect my relationship with my parents. So communication, we, you know, I feel like we, I don't know, talked maybe once every few weeks or a mm-hmm. month or something. Like I just wasn't really constant. And then I made zero effort whatsoever to make, make any friends. Uh, my first semester because I was just so caught up with this girl and mm-hmm. the fact that I should be living this other life. Right. Yeah. And then I hated ROTC. Um, it just was not my thing. Right. Uh, so I, uh, long story short, end of my first semester at all is when it all happens. And that's, I think what you're referring to. And, uh, if I, I might miss some of the parts, but I hope I don't, but I, I use my monthly stipend. So I'm literally riding like a Razor scooter, like kick scooter around. <laughs> That's how I got around. So you were and one of the cool kids is what you're telling me. Oh, I, yeah. You were definitely one of the I cool kids. I ran the scoot gang. Okay, good. Like scoot gang. Good, I like yeah. that. Yeah, mine was, yeah, mine was like limited edition pink. The pink one? Yeah. I had the blue one. It got stolen though. <laughs> On BYU campus. Perfect. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Who would have thought, right? Um, but I, uh, so all within... The span of a month or so, less than a month, this it was in the span of a couple weeks. Um, my scooter gets stolen. First, just kick, right? Like, I'm just kidding. So the scooter <laughs> did get stolen. And then uh, my, my uh, I'm trying to remember the, the order of events. So so I'm going to visit this girlfriend, and I had no money because I'd spend all the money that I, I would have. Yeah. Stipend, I'd spend it on books, and I'd spend it on eating out or whatever. And aside from that, I wasn't, my relationship with my parents wasn't super great, so I wasn't calling them to ask for money. So it was really like, I'd spend what I had, and then I was just making it through because everything else was paid for, right? Yep. Well, I found myself in a spot where I had no money. A lot of it was just buying this girlfriend things. And then uh, I, I spent all my money that I had that month on a flight to go visit her. Mm. And then I was going to bring her a shirt, uh, like a BYU shirt or whatever. Yep. And so I went to a little store, um, and um, I think it was actually the on campus. I think it was like the bookstore. I'm trying to remember. But I think I went, because that would make sense because I lived at the dorm. Yeah, yeah. So I went to this little store and I also needed like the basics, like toiletries, things like that. Anyways, I uh, I had like 12 bucks. So I bought what I, no, I had like 20 bucks. I bought what I could with the $20 and then I didn't have enough for the shirt. Yeah. And maybe some other things or whatever. Anyways, so the rest of the stuff, I just stuck in my jacket and my coat. And, uh, <laughs> and then I walk out, right? And uh, 
a lot of people will be hesitant to tell the story because they'll think it like reflects on who they are as a person or whatever. Yeah, dude, I, I, I tell everybody these stories. I'm so open about it because I'm like, it's so funny to me. Like looking back, it's yeah. the funniest thing thinking about how serious I took these things and how how dumb I was. Yeah, and like uh, I think it's, um, just like a little interruption in this or a little a little tangent. You were talking about something earlier, and I think I may have mentioned this in my training, but um. I think it was from like, dude, it was like a random regional call with like, I think maybe Aaron Katz or Isaac Gates, I think said it. Yeah. But he was like, people. I love Isaac Gates. Oh yeah. I, I love that guy. Barely know him, but I love him. He, uh, he said like people, um, what is it? People, people are excited by your successes, but buy in because of your failures. And I remember I've, exactly what you're talking you about. You remember that? I know exactly what you're talking about. And dude, I, since then I've like. That's been like one of my favorite, one of my favorite things that I, I try to live by, and I, I always have lived by that. And I think we'll talk about that more when it comes to like storytelling and stuff. But I, uh, that's why I'm so open about this part of it because it's like, dude, I was dumb. I was I was a dumb kid, and like I want people to see that because they only see who I am now, which I still may look like a dumb kid, but a little bit farther down the path. Anyways, I uh, so where I'm at in the story, right? So I walk out with this stuff on my way out. Long story short, I get caught stealing. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far. It was brought to you by Alchemy Sales Coaching. Now, I typically don't run ads, um, but I feel very strongly about Alchemy Sales Coaching. I started doing one-on-one coaching with Doug back in 2019. And since then, I have gone and not only blown up my career and my earnings, um, but it's really helped me through just the ups and downs of life. Now, the reason I feel so strongly about Alchemy is because it's a group of individuals not only focusing on furthering their sales career, but they're diving deep into inner work um, and becoming the best version of yourself so you can show up and be the best version of yourself. Um, Not only that, if you have any interest in doing any one-on-one coaching with me, I exclusively do all of my one-on-one coaching through Alchemy. Um, So for full access to me, go and check out Alchemy. I think you'll absolutely love it. It's alchemysalescoaching.com. We will also go and post um, the links in our bio and on stories, et cetera. So go check it out. Um, it ends up getting blown up way, way out of proportion. I'm like, dude, look, I'll go pay for it. I just got to go. Let me just ask, let me get some money, find some money. I'll come back and pay for it. It ends up getting blown way, way out of proportion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess I should have looked into retail theft code in the state of Utah prior to moving here or whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, there's no such thing as petty theft here. So any amount of theft is a, a crime of moral turpitude. So it's like a class B misdemeanor or whatever. Yep. Anyways. Yep. Um, I did a deep dive, right? Obviously, you can tell uh, once this happened to me because I thought it ruined my life. Yeah. Because after that, lost my scholarship to BYU because it was on campus. So it was an honor code issue. Mm-hmm. So I was able to be, it was escalated, right? Lost my scholarship for that. And I lost my, my RTC scholarship. The RTC scholarship, I think, may have been something I could have worked through. Yeah. But either way, I wanted to, I was, I was done with that, right? And so it was yeah. looking like for a minute, I was going to have to pay that money back, actually, that they had paid. And so all of a sudden, I went from free school all four years study whatever I want, rent, room and board, paid for, monthly stipend for everything too that just went up every year. That's yeah. how it works. In there. It got more and more every year to like 500 bucks a month. Jeez. All of a sudden, gone, right? And it's like, scholarship's gone. I have to, you know, work through things with the honor code to get back in good standing or whatever, which I didn't even, you know, like, you know me, right? Yeah. And uh, and then it just, there was there was other things. It just got so, it became such a huge deal. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, dude. It's and amazing. I, I'm just an ignorant little kid. And so I didn't know how to handle it when it came to like the courts and stuff. So I just rolled up. Yeah. Dude, I just rolled up. And whatever happened, happened to me. And it happened to me. I got pretty much the worst, worst outcome I could have gotten. 
Um, it was worse than these two girls that went right in front of me. They stole like, it was like over a hundred dollars worth of stuff from Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Like they go right in front of me and they're, they had a, an attorney. Their outcome was way better than mine, dude. Because you were just so oh, yeah. low. Because I was so low. Don't, I just rolled up. Right? I've, been, just... I've been to court alone and I've been with a lawyer and it's way better with a lawyer. Yeah. I think I said yep at court. My lawyer's like, no, 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 you don't say that. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, ma'am. Dude. Yes. Oh, ma'am. my experience was horrible. They like, <laughs> he's already he's already like hit the, you know, whatever. And I'm like, well, wait, can I is there any way? And he's like, uh done. I like asked for something. I don't know. I asked about plea in advance because I heard that the girls prior to me did got that uh, plea in advance. <laughs> so I was like, uh I don't know if it's too late, but like, is there any way I could get like plea in advance like them or something? And he's like, turns to the prosecutor, the like, prosecutor, and he's like, uh, no, we've already concluded this. And he's like, nope, sorry. And it was done Jeez. at that point. And so I just was like, I walked out as like a four or $500 fine. And then I had like probation. I had all this other stuff, right, to, to deal with. You had your hours and everything to go do? I didn't have hours. You didn't have any? Oh, wait, I did have hours. There you go. I did have hours. Yep. Um, yeah. And I also had hours through honor code. I had double hours. Oh, perfect. I had I had a ton of stuff, man. Anyways, that uh, so that happens, and then shortly after that, this girlfriend that it was like the, I don't want to, I don't really want to, um, go into too much depth on this part, but this girlfriend, uh, ended up I ended up I was in a relationship and I got cheated on, right? And so mm-hmm. like that happens shortly after, and then I get in a big fight, um. Back home, I go back home one last time for Christmas break or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just a mess, dude. I end up getting in a big fight too, worried the I'm gonna get sued, and stuff like that. Yeah, and I like broke my knuckle, so my hand was like messed up forever. And this is when I really cared about fitness, so I couldn't even like lift. Yeah, uh, for like a few months after. Anyways, I just kind of all these things happened at once, and um, when it rains, it pours. I'm sure there was other stuff, dude. I don't even know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, when it rains, it pours, and I was really just the most upset about the the damn scooter. But <laughs> how the, could you uh, not be limited yeah. edition? So then my best friend, Gabby McFarland, let me borrow hers from when she was a child growing up. So she go. in Salt Lake. anyways, so then I, I kind of find myself in that situation. I, I then I find Vivint and I almost can't get hired by Vivint because of that. Yep. And uh, luckily, my best friend and mentor in my life, I was like my older brother, Matt Frankham, drove 30 minutes at 730 in the morning to my dorm to get on a group call with me and the state of Montana, the board of security for the state of Montana mm-hmm. f- to make a plea as to why I should be accepted for a license. And that was Matt's market. Yeah. So if they denied me, I wasn't going out with Vivint. I was already looking for a way out. Mm-hmm. Right. But if they denied me, I wasn't going out. Yeah. And he drives down at seven 30 in the morning to get on this call with me. We get a call. We explain the situation. They're like, there's no way that's it. What else happened? And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, that's it. They're like, you didn't steal like in the state of Montana for it to be that sort of penalty. You'd have had to steal this much. Right. Like, no, it wasn't. Anyways, they're like, okay, well, yeah, they passed me. Yeah. And uh, so I barely, barely even got hired from Vivint, right? So that could have been a big, big problem there, too. For sure. But anyways, that was kind of what all went down at once. Yeah. And then I, I find myself out for summer. Um, and uh, first three weeks, I'm pathetic. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I remember a, a specific moment in Great Falls, Montana. There's an office, a little office complex that was on the bottom of my neighborhood. Yeah. And my neighborhood shared a street with Matt Frankham's neighborhood. Yeah. And this dude was number one in the country that year. He was the number one rep in the whole country of event that year. And uh, so he, this dude's slinging four a day, yeah. right? And the neighborhood directly next to me, it's the same stuff. And I'm bageling every day. I hadn't gotten into a home for like three days. Yeah. Right? And it's the type of thing where I'm so scared that I would like knock a door. And if I hear people inside, 
I'd like get so nervous if no one was looking, I'd like take off running before they could answer it. I've like been I was there. literally out yeah, there ding dong ditching my neighborhood. Like, <laughs> I've been there, bro. <laughs> no, like just so scared, right? It's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then uh, I find myself the Friday of my third week after I'm like not selling anything whatsoever. I'd also done three preseason trips prior to summer. Yeah. And uh, I only had two sales in those three trips. One Matt did. Matt walked me through the whole thing because he felt bad for me. Second one, the guy had to ask me to buy it on his on, on his property because i was so i just was so defeated yeah um yeah that's a funny story too literally had to ask me like multiple times when i was like oh this is wait this is your house like you want this uh yeah and i still called matt because i didn't know what to do dude he had, he had like had it oh uh, dude he had used it in an airbnb he stayed at so he's like i want this like how can i get it and i was like well yeah, i, talk I don't to know a sales rep you have to talk to a sales rep at your house like and he's like well, how are, aren't you a sales rep? I'm like, well, yeah, but like they need to like see your house. And he's like, can you? I was like, oh, this is your house? He's like, yeah. Oh, dude. I'm like, wait, what? That's yeah, too classic. That was my second deal. That's too classic. Yeah, dude, that was a higher power right there, reaching down to just bless me with something. But anyways, so that was my whole preseason experience. And I brought out a ton of friends that all got multiple deals on their first trip. And I've been on three and I only had two. Yeah. And we go out for summer and all of them are beating me. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of Ethan Jalen, shout out Ethan. Me and him are tied, bottom of the leaderboard. The boy. Yeah, me and Ethan. I love Ethan. And he's the one guy who's still here. Well, him and Blake are still here. I love um, it. And he's killing it now. Um, but I'm sitting, so flat Friday hits, and I'm just ultimately defeated. I'm sitting on this little bench inside that office complex that's at the bottom of my neighborhood. And I'm, be real, I'm just crying. Um, still was, like, repairing the relationship with my mom at the time, so I didn't want to call her mm-hmm. when I was like that. Um, but I didn't have enough money in my bank account to buy a flight from Montana to Dallas, where they lived, to go mm-hmm. home. And I had made my decision. I was going home. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to get myself together tonight when I'm, you know, c- controlled and, and I'm, I'm uh, you know, con- in control of my emotions. I'll call her, ask her to buy me a flight, and I'll get out of here. Yeah. And uh, while I'm sitting just kind of accepting that, right, and uh, wallowing in, you know, my own emotions, Matt walks into the office complex he's cutting through because a portion of his neighborhood's on the back side of it he's mm-hmm. cutting through to run to another appointment he's already at like three on the day this is like eight o'clock yeah and i look up i hear the door open right I, like i look up and i remember seeing him and i just like look straight down i'm like oh my gosh please don't see me like please don't see me and i like look through the top of my head i see his shoes coming closer and i'm like okay i'm done he's gonna lecture me it's gonna be embarrassing i'm a mess right now too yeah i'm thinking all these things anyways long story short he sits down next to me Asked what's going on, I tell him, and he just reminds me of it. It was really two main points. The first point was what he, uh, what I promised him I would do prior to coming out, which I think just applies to all of life. It was just I promised him that I would stay positive, I would work all the hours, and I wouldn't give up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of the expectations we create for all our reps when they come out. I think there's more things to it, right? But the main things are if they do those three over time, they'll be successful in anything they do. 100%. Yep. And, and he was, reminded me of those. And I was over for three, dude. I wasn't positive in weeks. I wasn't working all the hours. I was stopping as soon as it got dark every time and finding any reason to not knock, right? And then third, I uh, I was thinking about giving up. I was looking at flights. The only thing reason I couldn't is because I couldn't afford one. Yeah. And so I'm 0 for 3. And then he reminded me, kid, I told you, if you did those, then, you know, no matter what I could teach you how to be successful in doing this. And he's like, Kate, if you did and if you said and did everything that I did exactly as I did it, why would you not have the exact same results? And I think about that with so many people that are doing things at really high levels. Like when I, when I, you know, when, when I get to hear, 
um, you know, the guys way ahead of us doing this and like yep. how, what they've accomplished. Right. And they're way farther down the path than we are. I think of that and I'm like, okay, if I did everything he was doing and said it exactly the way he was doing it, I, why would I not have the exact same results? Yeah. And it's because it's so true. I remember having that conversation with Matt Frankham and realizing he's exactly right. And, and I made this commitment to myself. Okay. No matter what, I'm going to stick this out till the end of August yep. and do everything I can to be successful at this. And it's going to come before anything else. It's going to come before comfort. It's going to come before girls, social media, before the gym. It's going to come before anything else, mainly comfort until I'm successful. And if I'm not, I give it my all. If I am, you know, it's hopefully I can be average because the average rep made so-and-so. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Anyways, literally, I'm not kidding. It was just because of that recommitment to That's big time. the inputs that the next day I didn't do a role play that night, nothing. I went and shadowed Matt, saw him get another sale. No role plays, nothing. Just kind of recommitted in my head to that concept that I was going to be there. The next day I sold two. Two spot. That's crazy. Yeah. Give me something. That's Eric, give me something. Yeah. See, that's dope. That's mm -hmm. I, Again, and like touching on that and not to cut you off because I just want to continue and resume exactly where you're at. Like that is so key. Like it's, it's two things you just said that stand out the most. Number one, the advice that he gave you of like, Hey, if you did things exactly how I did, why would you not see the success I do? Right. Success leaves bread, breadcrumbs. Nobody needs to go reinvent the wheel. Nobody needs to go and like discover how to do things. There are so many successful people and now there's so many ways to access them as well right within our company and then even outside of our company like this podcast is a great way people tell you exactly oh, how yeah. they got their success oh yeah but then the second thing you said is you went and committed to the point where you were willing to give up comfort in return for the results right that's a lot a lot of people are excited but they're not committed yeah. and the difference between being excited is when things get inconvenient you stop doing them yeah right and committed it doesn't matter it's a discipline thing not a motivation thing yeah so um, i mean that's just it's so freaking gold. And that's honestly so sick. And there are so many people listening where some people not in door to door can be like, oh, that's a cool story. People that are in door to door that have been in that seat, myself included, like that gives me chills. Like that is what it is all about. That is the secret. That is, I think, to all success, not just in door to door. Like genuinely, there are times yeah. when you are on the brink of giving Absolutely. up and you go recommit mentally. And that's when things start working out. Once you commit, stuff starts to fall in place in a really weird way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Once you start oh, ex absolutely. exercising discipline, like, dude, you just nailed it on the head. I love and that. I love that. Off of what you, off of what you just said as well, um, because I, the one thing, like one of the main things I took away from, and this just reminds me of, um, back to it, but Casey Ba, when you had Casey on, um, my favorite thing of, honestly, maybe one of the favorite things I heard on the podcast so far was an analogy. I love analogies. And I don't know if he came off this. I don't know if he, this was in a book or if it was just, <laughs> Out of no, like off the dome, like if it was, he's that guy because it was. I was that was it was such a good explanation, right? But I think you you were talking about Tony Robbins, maybe like where energy goes, um, where focus goes, where focus goes, flows. energy flows. There we go, and uh, and then he was like, yeah, it's exactly. He he just said, yeah, it's exactly um, like a a magnifying glass, and how the sun is a constant energy, right? Like uh, I mean, obviously it changes with the seasons or whatever, but in mm -hmm. the in the little microcosm of a day where you have an, uh, a magnifying glass, it's the same energy. Yep. But you hold that micro magnifying glass in front of it and it concentrates that energy enough, that same amount of general energy enough to burn a leaf or even burn your skin. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy, dude. Like if people realized what happens when you just focus on something and start acting, like dude, things fall in your lap. Like 100%. I can't explain how many times in my life I've just finally 
started focusing on something and it didn't even take long sometimes. Like sometimes it's that first day of focusing on something and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden something just falls in your lap, an opportunity. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's crazy when that happens. And so anyways, I just wanted to, to bring that up based off that point because that was something that, you know, when he said that, I just, I love that. Well, dude, that's gold. And on that too, like sometimes it is quick, but I would also stress the importance of concentrated energy for an extended amount of time is only going to do that much more. Oh yeah. Like if your goal is to go burn something with that magnifying glass, yeah, you can, you can start burning it right away. That's great. But sometimes some things, yes, some things could take a long ass time, but that's fine. If you understand the principle and the law of focus and the longer it's on something and the more acutely it's focused on it, the more you're going to go accomplish. I I love that. I'm glad you brought that up. That's awesome. I I tell this to my reps all the time, especially when I'm recruiting reps. I'm like, look, this is probably going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. It is that for pretty much all of us who've done it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have never seen somebody commit to this for a long period of time and not be successful. Yep. And those two things are key in the equation. It's not one or the other. They're both key. But mm-hmm. I've never seen somebody commit to this for a long amount of time and not be successful. Just like I've never seen somebody commit to something that they're really passionate about for a long amount of time and not find some sort of success that they're looking for. Exactly. Like it, just, it just happens, right? And even back on like, my story I was talking about, dude, that's not – I sold a two-spot the next day and bageled again on Monday exactly you know it like doesn't just fix everything the next week i sold three right yep. but then i three again four you know like it took me a long time yeah in my career yeah to to really pick it up you know but well dude i i thought <laughs> i, I, I relate a thousand percent yeah. like it's my favorite thing when people are like i tried i hate I, I hate more than anything when someone's like i tried whether they're quitting on the job or quitting on the side project they're trying to start or my buddies that leave to go start their their business and they're like i tried it's like no you didn't like then then why is it not working like yeah. it's it should never be i tried it should be i'm trying yeah does that make sense because a, a theme that we have it goes along exactly with what you tell your recruits like we put it up in every one of my offices i've ever had because i'm i'm a walking example of the least talented person at at the job i, I started out as like the worst you could possibly be right and we have it right above all of our goal boards it's it's if you you can't beat someone who doesn't quit right which is true do you know how many rookies just destroyed me my first year and now I, I would argue that any one of those that i at least paid attention to i'm ahead of in my career at this point yeah. right and it's just because i didn't quit they're better than me they're way more talented but i just didn't quit i, I ran a marathon i outran them and they ran out of breath yeah Does that makes sense so that's exactly it if you if you go and you commit to something for a long period of time you're going to find success and some people are going to find it quicker than others that's totally fine yeah. right but i think that's so freaking important that's so gold i love that and even even when it comes down to that that's like probably my favorite thing um and you know i feel like there's just i love this because our every time we talk there's so many things to talk about but i'm thinking of all these other things to talk about right now but i'm gonna just focus on the one <laughs> there's a when i i'm not a very um i think when it comes down to me and my results i get whether it's the successes i have or whether it's just getting through the trials that may come up or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I really think for me more than anything, it just it boils down to like the ultimate perspective I have and how it's just focused on the long term. That's always how I have been. Mm-hmm. And I think everything you just said is such an example of that because I remember the same thing. I remember my rookie year looking at the rookies who were killing it. Dude, I wasn't in any leaderboard my rookie year. Like <laughs> I, I, not, yeah. not one single time. Yep. And uh, I remember these guys just absolutely destroying it. And I remember looking at them like they were a completely different league, somebody I'd never catch or touch. Yep. Because they were, as rookies, just absolutely dominating, dude. Yep. And I remember the names. And I know where they're at now. And I, I know where I'm at. And it's like the, 
And on that, not to cut you off, because I know you're not going to do this. Where When you say where I'm at, just for everyone watching, because this is important to everybody watching. You're not going to go and say it. Just so you guys understand, like, when he says where I'm at, what he means, to brag for a second, is performing at the very highest level you can possibly perform within the largest company that does what we do. Meaning he is, for those of you that even know what it means or care, three years in a row being on Dream Team, going and running one of the top producing offices, and then on a personal level, one of the only offices that I absolutely hate to compete against, but I love it at the same time because I know I'm going to have to get creative. Like, yeah, we'll touch on that. That's a crazy story. That was wild, actually. Um, that was cool. Like, on the biggest playing field that you can do this job, earning amounts of money that are, is just absolutely stupid, and we don't talk about that a ton, but, like, you guys need to understand when he says where I was to where I am, it's not like, oh, he went and he was okay and now he's even better. No, he went from being okay, if that, to one of the best to ever do it. Like, by far, by far, by far, by far, one of the best to ever step foot in door-to-door and absolutely one of the most successful 25-year-olds I've ever met or seen in any industry. So just so you guys understand, when he says that, the, the weight that his words have are a lot more than he's going to go and say, right? So so I continue. That. Sorry, I cut you off. No, I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, You're talking about looking at people where they were and, and yeah, then where, yeah. where everyone's so at I just, now. I, I remember that too. I, I really do remember that too. And it's like, it's crazy how every year there'll be like some other guys that weren't the rookies when I was a rookie, but that yep. were like senior managers or... The big dogs. The big dogs. And like now even, and you've probably felt this too, now it's like every year you're passing those guys too. A lot yep. of those guys. Yep. And it's like crazy. And now we're, this is my seventh year goals 10,000 accounts it's it's a reality that we could realistically make happen and it's like when I started this job I would have never thought of that dude I would I, I wouldn't even think about running my own office oh yeah and now I'm like breaking off my little brothers to do it my, my best friends you know like it's it's crazy how the times have changed too like now there's all these young guys doing it it's cool to see yeah anyways like our jobs kind of transformed into like a lot of it's like mentorship and people mm-hmm. have things happen in their lives and it's coaching them through it and yeah and stuff like that right and so I'm in that situation a lot um, which I love. It's my favorite thing about this. But what I've what I've come to realize in doing it is that I kind of have this this perspective that I I utilize that gets me through literally everything that mm-hmm. that happens and comes up. And even to this day, like there's still I'm a, I procrastinate. I'm horrible at that. And so I put myself in a lot of situations that I don't want to be in. Yeah. Just because I procrastinate a little bit, right? Yep. Um, all the time it's bad. I need to fix it. But point <laughs> is, when those things happen, or even the the things you feel like are out of your control. And, and just the, the shit, right, is going on. Um, I just always find myself as quickly as possible to the, you know, at this this kind of point where I'm like, okay, it, it gets me a little excited because I'm like, this is going to be a, a really good part of the book. And, like, that's my, yeah. that's how I, like, love to look, look at it when it happens. Yep. Is I'm like, okay, when you think about it, like, the best movies you've seen, the best books you've seen, the best success like success stories you've seen, right? Mm-hmm. You're never hearing just the successful part of the story. Mm-hmm. You're hearing the worst part too. That that is absolutely key and essential in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, like Endgame, Thor, whatever his name, what's his name? Thanos. Green guy, Thanos. He had to kill half the population <laughs> first, right? Yeah. Like that had to happen. There has to be this like this horrible thing that happens. Yep. And so if we wish for a life without that. And, and I think just by struggling so hard when it happens to accept it, you're, you're essentially wishing for a life without it. Yeah. If you wish for that, you're wishing for a boring book, dude. Totally. You're wishing for, you know, and when I think back as well, and you probably feel this way too, the most influential people in your life have been through the most shit, have been through the most shit and therefore have the most experience 
and therefore there's weight with their words to yep. you. When they talk, you listen. It, yep. it means something, right? People who haven't gone through anything, their words don't mean much, right? And they're not, they're, therefore they're not influential to you in your life. Yeah. And, and for me, that's why my long-term, long-term perspective is always there so much is the things I value the most in life I've learned, I think a lot of it's from my dad, is being a provider, being a support to the people I love. Those are, that's like who I am. It's, I think that's kind of my why. Yeah. Uh, if you, you know, so, so to say, but that's what I always find myself ending up at is I'm like, okay, my, my boys are going to run into this. My boys that are a little younger than me, they're going to run into a situation like this or my kids. I can't wait to have kids. My son one day is going to have a situation like this. Yeah. Let me handle this one, this shitty situation in a way that I can have a really exciting story to tell him to get him through it. And my words will actually mean something to him Yep. because, because he can relate. Right? Gosh, like, let dude. me handle it that way. Yep. And that's always where I find myself when this stuff happens is thinking that. And I'm like, I literally will picture like a goddamn movie crew. I'll literally picture like a movie crew next to me, like filming or whatever. Getting the good parts. And I'm like, all right, well, now it's time to now it's time to flip this script. Like now it's time to make it happen. What do I do? Dude. And uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. But the thing with that is that's that's gold. Like for anybody who just halfway listened to that or if you're in a car and this is playing in the background. Go rewind it five minutes and go listen to that segment again and actually pay attention to it because that's that's gold. Like that that is so good. Along that though, that is such a mature way of looking at things, right? And again, hindsight's always always twenty twenty, right? You can always look back and be like, oh, that was such a blessing. But in the moment, to look at it as a blessing is such a f- superpower in my mind, right? And I struggle yeah. with it, but I've had times where I do. I'm like, all right, like let's go. Like give me the hard days. Like I want the hard days. Like. Yeah. If I have the hard days now, when I go up against Cade's squad and it's an easy day for me, they're done for, right? I want all the issues. And like, I, I love that mindset. And it's just another way of looking at it. My question for you on it is when and how did you develop that way of looking at things? Because there's no way you always looked at things that way, right? In the moment of freshman year, when all that shit went down, I don't think you were thinking, I'm sorry for laughing, but I don't think you were no, thinking, laugh, I, I don't think you were thinking like, Dang, this is such a good chapter, <laughs> but it is. No, dude. That's the best chapter so far, right? That's the crazy so, part. So, like, where did you learn to now adopt Literally that in the moment? just pause right there. You just, you just summed it up. In the moment, like, I was absolutely not thinking this is going to be the best chapter. I was thinking, my perspective was, this is the worst chapter of my life. <laughs> this is going to be the worst chapter of my life. This is going to be a, a part of my life that taints the rest of my life. Yeah. People are going to look at me different. This... Uh, everything right like now i'm broke now i lost my you know i might not graduate from college anymore because i don't want to go into debt or i have to go into debt to do it i literally viewed it as the chapter in my life that was going to ruin the rest of it yeah and that story right there has probably been the most influential story i've had from my life to go tell people and and to connect and relate with people dude yep and it's like it's it's crazy so that's why it i didn't know that in the moment i think it really just took time of yeah. me dealing with things and then realizing on the other, like maybe a year down the road, a few months down the road, years down the road, that because I dealt with that, I had a story to mean something to this guy and therefore my words meant something to have yeah. some influence to help him get through it too. Yeah. And I it's like, that. that's that's what this job becomes. And I'm realizing that's what life's going to become too, because you know how it is. The money, you once you, you know, it's a, it, I think the money is a motivator at first. Oh yeah. But then you get to a point where it isn't anymore. It's a yeah. hard realization and something has to be that. And it, it is the influence. It's the legacy. It's those things that, you know, obviously, if we we're talking about that in the same chair, you know, like Todd P and Casey Bond, these guys that have had massive legacies have talked about it. But it's like, that's where that's where you find the meaning. It really is. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be running a massive region to have that, dude. Yeah. It's just, it's simply, it's bringing a guy out or it's it's doing something impactful to change somebody's situation or, or life or help them mm-hmm. or be a key part of their story. Yeah. 
which is where it's, you know, it's amazing. The guys with the biggest legacy are part of the most stories. Yeah, exactly. You know? Dude, you just, I mean, you just answered my biggest question for you, which was basically we've been talking about all these successes and then like, it's been fun because we're actually talking about a lot of the, the good chapters or the struggles. I like, I like that term for it, but like a lot of people go and they get so caught up in like this weird definition of success that actually isn't success. Right. And sometimes that is the reason for a lot of people going and getting to the point where they dominate in whatever area they're in an aspect of life. Right. But then at some point, and I think it's going to happen a lot of times throughout life. When I sit down with a Todd, I'm like, dang, I've had like three big breakthroughs in my life, right? Like big breakthroughs where it's like, holy crap, I figured it out, sure. right? He's probably at 150. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and these other Last guys week. I've sat down with, you know what I'm saying? So my question for you, just to elaborate a little bit on what you just said, is obviously success, and I think money is super important. We talk about it almost every episode. I think money and monetary, like that, that affects the influence you can have on other people in a big way, right? But at some point, everyone that I know that is truly happy and fulfilled realizes money is not success. It's a part of it. Right. And they go redefine how they look at success. Cause when I was a 19 year old, to be honest, success was six figures a year. That was it. Like I, I didn't even think about how are your relationships at home? How's your impact on the people around yeah. you? Like I didn't even think about Such that shit to be, yeah, to be straight up. Yeah. So like my question for you to elaborate on what you just touched on, cause you did just mention it. Like what is success to you from what you've learned? Because on a monetary scale, you've achieved more success than most people do in their entire life, right? Like, and I know that's that's bold to say and probably uncomfortable for you because I know how you are and you're really humble about that stuff, but you have. Like, if we're talking about money, you have gone and accomplished more than most people do in their entire life, in their entire professional career, right? And I'm assuming if, if you're like anyone I've talked to and, and I know you, you've realized that is not success, Yeah. right? It's part of it, like I've said, but what is success to you? How do you define success? I'm at the premature stages of this. Because now, like, the sites are bigger, especially hearing guys, like, you know, again, like the Todd's, the Casey's, the Jeff's, the um, the really impactful guys, um, he hearing them talk or, like, understanding their life a little more, like Cheyenne Thatcher. Yeah. Dude, that guy, like, the impact he has on such a, a widespread amount of people, like, it blows my mind mm -hmm. um, what he can do. But it's it's really, it's coming down to, like, to legacy for me. It's And I'm not saying, like, that's a hard thing to talk about where I'm at currently. Just because it's like legacy, I feel like, you know, there's a lot. I, I'm going to get there, right? Yeah. But uh, what I'm realizing is it's not necessarily what's like, legacy is not necessarily what's written in your book. It's what's written in others about mm. you. And uh, and I get so much fulfillment from being in the situation where I can have a big impact on people. Yeah. And then seeing my guys and remembering the first day I met them or they walked in the door. Yeah. And... uh how young they were and how wide-eyed and how much they had to learn. And, uh, and then seeing them go just break barriers down, you know, not just financial barriers, but grow up so much as a person. I'm, you know, like be sitting in a room talking them through something and they're like, how do you have this advice to say? Right. And then I see them doing it for their guys. Yeah. It's like that, that to me is, is, yeah. is really what I, I hang my hat on and what means the most to me. Yeah. Um, defining that when it comes to like actual success. That's what I'd say it's really about. I mean, I, the money I think is obviously essential just because it, it's a key part of the equation and being able to, to do that yeah. uh, for people. Right. Dude, I, I love that. And like, I haven't actually heard it put that way. And like legacies, like I've spoken about on a few podcasts, but like legacies, like what matters, like my influence on everybody else. And that's where I get my fulfillment. And the way you just worded it, I'm just going to repeat it. Cause it was so good. You just went and said, 
your legacy is not your book of your life. It's what other people write about you in their book. Right. Which is, that's, that's so freaking gold. I love that. And like, and on that, um, that's, that's just so freaking good. I love that. So, so this next question, this is kind of rolling perfectly into, into what, why I went about it the way I did. So I had a question for you specifically. Um, and then in thinking about it while I was prepping for this, I'm like, dude, there's no way Cade's going to go and answer this. And this is why people may notice that I'm bragging for you because you don't you, one of your, like one of the reasons I look up to you so much is because we're in an industry where most people will walk into a room and think they deserve everything and everyone's attention. And they think they've just got life figured out and they're dominating. And frankly, those are the ones that don't have it figured out. The ones in my mind that I actually look up to are the ones like yourself, where there's so much humility that comes along with every story that you bring. You don't go and and be little people because of where you're currently at. Right. And you also don't go and speak highly of yourself. You've spoken highly of all of your guys multiple times. You've had a hard time speaking highly of yourself. So my question, the reason I preface that, my question for you is what is your super like what do you think your superpowers are that are like pushing you forward in life and rather than asking you i asked your guys just so you know right so i've gotten responses from your people and like okay. your superpowers and then also just my experience with you right and i want to i want to dive into a few stories because dude there's been so many nuggets from you already but a few of your superpowers right that i'd love to go dive into but then like i i, I want to go and talk about a couple of stories with you as well um number one is you're probably one of the most unsatisfied people i've ever met in a good way right? You don't ever go beat yourself up from what I've seen, but I've never seen you go and do something and your guys haven't either where they're like, oh yeah, Cade's like done it. He's good. Like he hit that mouse and he's done, right? That's, that's not how you work. The next thing is from my personal experience and then your guys, cause I had a list and your guys sent me their list and they correlated really well. So people have a good read on you. Number two uh, is you're extremely selfless. Like you put your people first and random people first. Like the fact that you're here is a big sign of that right? You've ran trainings for my groups multiple years, and we have nothing to do with each other in any way, shape or form other than just being friends. Right? Like, so you are one of the most selfless people I know you're extremely authentic. I have never seen you act a different way in a different room, which I I pay a lot of attention to, because that's the number one most important thing to people that I keep my inner circle. If someone's not authentic, like, I want to see them eat just not at my table, right? If you ever heard that quote, like, I'm totally cool with them eating, I just don't want them at my table. Right? And then the last one of the last there's two more, you're completely self-reliant. You take things on your shoulder 100%. This is from like your leaders and people that work directly with you. You don't go reach out or wait around for people to make things happen for you. You make them happen for yourself. And then fifth is your competitiveness, right? Which that's what I want to talk about. And then I want to talk about the rest. And we'll, we'll close it out because I want to be respectful of your time. Um, when I said, and I know you can imagine it, but when I said you, you are literally one of few people and your group is one of few groups that I don't like to compete against because I have like a little tiny sense. I'm not going to say I'm scared because we'll go, we'll go to bat with you all day. Yeah. We'll go to bat with you all day. We'll make sure you're scared of us too. But like, you're one of very few groups from like, okay, (laughs) we're going to have to show up in some creative ways. And we've had to go and do it. My question for you, the competitive side of it, where did you go and get that? And then how has that played out in your career so far? And then we'll, we have, we have plenty of stories, but a few obviously that are bigger than others. That's a good question. I think it's just a transformation of my own perspective on the feelings I was feeling. I think growing up, I always compared myself so much to everyone. It was at my own detriment though, because I really lack self-confidence and kind of just that, again, that perspective of myself. Yeah. And so it was comparing to myself to them and viewing myself as lower and not having the belief in myself um, that I could be that. And so it just kind of was demeaning. Um, then I kind of learned that in order for, Cause you know, cause I had so many people that believed in me at the same time. My, my dad, my mom, you know, my family, my friends, you know, people that were close to me, they, they all would always talk about how they believed in me. Right. 
But none of that mattered until I first believed in myself. Yeah. And when I finally believed in myself, then all of them believing in me mattered too. Yep. And I, I that's when I turned a corner on the competitiveness. Is it was it was, I still compared myself all the time, but it was like it wasn't comparing myself to my own detriment. Yeah. It was comparing myself in a way that's like with a sense of confidence. If they beat me, they just tried harder. Yep. You know, like if they mm. beat me, they just tried harder. They were more prepared, and I just refused to let that happen. And that's why I hate competing against you. Yeah, that's why I hate competing against you. And that's shown through in a couple different ways in your guys' career. One really inspiring one is your 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 guys' track record within your family and dream team. I love that. Like that gets me absolutely that's fired insane. up. Your brothers are absolute beasts. You're beasts. I'm super close with Koi. Right? Eli's a total stud. Like I freaking love you. That was awesome. Then we've had other run-ins with with competitions. Oh, My yeah. question for you, you kind of just answered it, like. And those of you that don't care about this, that's fine. This is this is more for me. Um, going into a competition with the mindset of if they beat me, they just outworked me. That means you go into it, and I've noticed it, but that makes sense why you do it. You're better prepped than anyone I've ever competed against. You know metrics better than anyone I've ever competed against. And you think of ways to win better than anyone I've ever competed against. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like that... That is shown through, and I'm curious your experience in competing because we've competed against each other and it's been really close. Yeah. Right. And I'm curious your Crazy experience. Close. Yeah, too close. Such a wild, like in a wild way for it to come down to, like to a metric that no. Anyways. Ridiculous. You're uh, so dude. I think that's just uh, I think that's just the nature of the competitor. I think a true competitor has to be. They have to understand the game and how to win. And uh, dude, I I like am. We'll play catchphrase, and I'll be ready to. Fight someone. I'm the exact and like, same. It's like my friends hate it, right? And they like joke tease me about it. But it's just, it's how I am. And if I change it there, I change it other places too. Yeah. And so it's, I, I know they'd prefer that I am that way. Yeah. Right? Because then we could come up with a dial plan and I'm willing to do that. Like, it's not healthy, but I will like, when competitions are are there, I will like, I won't sleep. I won't eat. I'll, I'll do whatever I got to do yeah. for that period of time. Right? Because I know it's finite. Yep. You know, and I, I know I could get through it. Right? But like, when it comes to the preparation, it's just when you're when you're the underdog, there's there's got to be a way, and if you can find it, you know. That's, I heard Wyatt Levine say this, and it was so funny. Um, he's like, "If there's a will, there's a way. We just got to find the will." And uh, I, I think it's the same thing. It's like if if there's a will, there's a way, and so it just comes down to are you willing? Yeah. And and I'm just always the guy that whatever competition I get myself into, if there's a reality of us winning, which I think is there pretty much always is. Yeah. Then I'm willing. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, we got to find the way. Mm -hmm. and then go put in the work dude i love it like that's i mean again that that I, I want that for my boys more than anything because the way you guys compete is exactly how i hope people think we compete and i hope to go and compete like sure. again one of the people i look up to is you for sure so i want to be super respectful of your time it's already been an hour which is crazy time flies um but but in closing dude like again so much so much good stuff and thank you again and i think people are going to listen to this and be like holy crap those that don't know you you're going to be like, where did this dude come from? And those that do know, you're going to be like, yeah, it's exactly what we expect when Kate speaks. So sure. thank you, first and foremost, and most importantly. But but before closing out, the, the name of the podcast is Today's the Day, and that term was kind of coined. Love it. Super early. Thank you. Uh, it was coined super early when, when Casey Ball was one of my biggest mentors, and it was it was based off of just going and approaching every day like it's literally all you've got. Like, for all you know, tomorrow's not there. Yeah. And you absolutely know you can't change yesterday. Right. So today is literally all you've got. And, and the biggest focus of the podcast and the people that we bring on um, has more to do with the fact of there are people that I look at and I think, dang, he lives like today's the day every day. 
right? That's the most important thing to me with any guests we have on the podcast, right? So you absolutely go and embody that. My question for you is, was there anything in your life that went and kind of triggered that mindset of like, and we've talked this whole time about leaving a legacy, thinking big picture, just that perspective on life. That's all just basically another way of saying today's the day, right? Another way of saying that's how you live today's the day. Is there anything you can think of in closing where it's like, man, this really went and kind of helped me look at things like tomorrow's not guaranteed. And if I'm going to go and do today, I may as well do it the best of my ability. Because that that philosophy and perspective applies to anyone in any industry, whether you're starting your own business, whether you're at your nine to five, whether you're in a brand new relationship, whether you've been married for 15 years, whether you have kids, whether you're single, whether you're in door to door, whether you're in any type of sales, whatever it is, if you live as though today is going to be your last day, you are going to go and get so much more out of life and so much more fulfillment, so much more accomplishment, all of the above. But I think people have certain things that happen or ways that go and shape the way they look. Is there anything in your life? Maybe we've already talked about it even where it's like, dude, that was like a big, that's why I look at things the way I do. So when it comes down to that, the answer to that question may be a little different than than what you might be looking for. It may not be a specific event. I'm sure I could think of some, and I think a lot of them in my childhood with my dad, the raised, you know, we were raised and stuff, uh, totally has been that I, again, I had amazing parents. Um, and then I, you know, I, he was in deployed in war a lot. And so I think yeah. our perspective was just a little different on, on, uh, you know, some things there, but, uh, and maybe that's something we go into another time. The one that does come to mind is, uh, and I think it was either Todd or Casey and it may have been in this podcast or when Todd was just, was just uh, when we heard him spoke last. I don't remember when that was, but he said, somewhat, one of them said, uh, they were just talking about how the little things like really do matter and how oftentimes there's like, there's a quote that a lot of people kind of stand by that's like, oh, don't worry about the little things. Like, yeah. The little things don't matter, right? And uh, I, when they said that, I, I that resonates with me a lot because I, I really share that perspective just because to me, the major things, the big things are your people's idea of you at a distance yeah like it's what they see in social media it's your accomplishments and maybe your failures but you maybe try to hide those a little bit to them anyways yeah right so that's that's their idea of you at a distance but when people really get to know you they don't get to know you for for who you are they get to know you for how you are and how you are is is just a culmination of all the little things it's Mm. all the little things you do it's how you treat people it's how you treat random people you don't know it's how you treat your your mom you know it's it's um, your willingness to do something that's out of your way. It's, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's being out of your box, right? If you've ever read leadership and self-deception, it's the little things and the, the little things are what create who you actually are. Mm-hmm. And, and when you meet somebody, that's what creates your perspective of them. And so I get so all the time and it's maybe because I know my like social media, I look like a douche, total douche. A few <laughs> years ago, I had a fitness fa- phase where like every picture I had figured out some way to be shirtless anyways. And you were tan as hell. Yeah. It was, yeah, the beds are working. You look great. <laughs> you look great. But uh, <laughs> point is, like, I meet people so many times, like, all the time, if they've ever, like, maybe followed me on, so, like, social media before then, and then meet me. And, I, I, and I'm not trying to, like, brag by saying this. It feels weird to talk about it, but it's, like, I get all the time that I, I'm so much different than I thought I was. Yeah. Or I'm so much nicer or sweeter. Or, Which is um, the best compliment in yeah, the world. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so much different than they thought I was. Yeah. Right? And it's it's because of the little things. And so when it comes down to that and the, and today's the day, dude, today is when all the little things happen, right? Like today is a microcosm of your life. 
Yep. And it, it applies in everything. It even applies in the, the simple day of knocking. Like the little things are what's going to really matter because they compound into the big ones. Yeah. And and uh, so yeah, I've always I've always adopted that mindset of like the little things are what really matter because it shapes who you are, shapes people's perspective of you. Yeah. How they feel about you, everything. It's the little things. I love it. And so so yeah, I'd really say is that. Dude, that's. I mean, that's. I love that that wasn't an answer I was expecting. That's that's amazing. Again, man. Thank you so freaking much. I had a blast. I love you. I'm cheering for you at all times. And and I'm honestly honored you came out, took the time, and I appreciate you big time. Dude, I appreciate you, man. It was absolute amazing time. It was a fun time. Boom, baby. Until next time, everybody. Much love. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, as always, it was a blast for me. I hope you got something out of this. If you got something out of this video of value, share this with a friend, and please go show your love. We're on all streaming platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Any ratings, comments, likes, shares, they go a very long way, and they make it so I can keep doing these things for you, and I would appreciate it greatly. So please go share with a friend. Until next time.